Today, I'm really excited. I'm telling you, I have a word that I've been just chomping, 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 and it's been weeks, and God has tweaked it into what it is today, and I hope it's even better uh, than when I planned it a couple weeks ago. And um, I just think that, I just know that some of y'all are really struggling, and I believe God is going to free some of you right where you struggle, and I'm so thankful. I'm so excited. So, let me ask you a question. How many of y'all have a cell phone? Just say, yep. Everybody has a cell phone, most likely. Some of y'all don't. It's cool if you don't. Um, Sometimes I wish that I didn't. I brought mine up again. If you were here last week, I had it up last week. And I brought it up again this week um, because something different happened on Thursday. So um, Austin bought me a cord for my cell phone (laughs) because I need a long cord. Does anybody know why you need a long cord? Y'all just call it out. Why do you need a long cord? So you can move around, praise the Lord, somebody knows in Jesus' name. And like, so when I lay in bed at night, now I have an Xbox that I like to play, and I have other things that I like to do at nighttime that was not intended to be funny, but it came out funny. Somebody say, <laughs> you're in here this service, so praise the Lord. But like, but at nighttime, I typically do something stupid on my phone, and it's not productive. I need y'all to know this. It, while I'm winding down, I read right before bed, but while I'm winding down, I, I'm not productive at all because I'm playing some stupid app or doing something stupid, and it just runs my battery down. And so I need a three-foot cord because if I have to bend over, y'all know what I'm talking about? If you've got a big bed and you used to be athletic or you were never athletic, but today you're not real athletic and you lean over, Bam! If y'all know what I'm talking about, and I, that has happened to me, and I just look at me and go, where's my cord? Oh my goodness, I'm falling off the bed again, right? And, and I don't need that, so he bought me a three-foot cord, and I can, just, I can just have it out. It's like a wand, and it's awesome, and I never have to worry, and I keep it plugged in at night. Well, here's what happened is, when you've got the cord, and, and you drag it up beside you, and you're lazy like I am at nighttime, and you have it there, it bends at the end of the cord. Y'all know what I'm talking about when you plug it in, and so I have my phone out, and I'm doing my thing, and right here where it plugs in, I've got it plugged in, and then it just starts bending a little bit, and I never paid attention to it. I'd have to like unwind it and get it back straight, but I'd never pay attention to it, and then Thursday night, this is so annoying, y'all. I just am telling you, I was just yelling things not to the Lord, right, and I, I plugged it in, because it did that buzz buzz noise at the end of the day when, when you've been going all day and your phone's been active and you've been on it and whatever and, it's, and it's, you need to plug your phone in. I think it's 15% that it comes on, bzz, bzz, right? Or excuse me, that's not it. It's, it makes a noise and then the buzz buzz is when you plug it in. So it said ding, and I was like, you stupid phone, 15%, sorry, mug, fast charge my tail, right? That's not working, I'm mad. And so I, I just reached down. Actually, I didn't have to reach far, praise the Lord, three-foot cord. And I... That rhymed. I'm a poet, didn't know it. All right, so I plugged it in. I plugged it in, and it went, and I was like, there you go. Even though I was unplugged, praise the Lord, I'm plugged in, right? And it started working, and then I started doing my thing again, which was really productive, not. And like, and then all of a sudden I hear, beep, plug your phone in. I said, it's plugged in. And then I'm wiggling it. All right, it's charging. Bing. And I'm already sometimes... A little, I'm, sometimes I'm a little moody and I get like upset about stuff that don't really matter. Amen. And so like that makes me a little sad. And so I'm starting to yell at my phone. It's not my phone's fault. Right. But why? And it stops the thing that I'm doing. No. Get some charge. Stop playing. I put it down on the bed for a minute and I let it get charged. 
And I'm like, all right, that should be good. I don't check because that takes, why would you check, right? And so I'm, I know that it's good. I immediately start doing the thing again. Ding! And I'm like, oh, I'm telling you right now, sorry, mug. Who? And then I'm having to wiggle it. Have y'all ever had to do this? And you like, you like hold your mouth just right and you like put pressure on the back of it and it starts, and I, okay, there it is. I keep it. Ding! <laughs> sorry, man, if I'm just stupid. And so I finally said, forget it. I'll do something else. I'll turn on Sports Center because I wanted to be spiritual. And like, I'll do whatever I'm supposed to do at night. And so I just put my phone away for the night. And it buzz buzzed. And I was like, it's fine. It's just when I move it. I put it down. I got up the next morning and it said 5%. <laughs> and I didn't have one in my car. So I knew that it was going to die before I, when I dropped tasting off, got here, did all my, th- and I was like, this sorry mug, what's the deal? And then I thought this, that's kind of how we feel, isn't it? In our everyday life, that's kind of how we feel. Because when it comes to prayer, the truth is, we talk to God. If you are a person in here and you say that you know Jesus, then I would say chances are you would say that I pray. But we pray like my cell phone. We pray when we get low. We pray when we need a buzz buzz. But some of us can't even get a connection with the Lord because we don't know the Lord. And we can't understand why that's a problem. And our lives are so frustrating because our job has caused this to happen and we're on empty. And we came in here today on empty and this was our hope. Maybe the pastor will not be boring and I won't have to fall out and it won't be the worst and maybe he can fill me up. Bad news bears right here. I can't. I'm incapable of giving you anything except a false hope if you go off of me. Now, if you go off of his word, then we got a good chance, and then something can shift in your life. But if you go off of me, then it's going to be rough. And here's what I've realized in my own life. In my own life, what I hope for is the next good feeling. And worship was amazing, and if y'all missed it, I'm, I, I hate that for y'all, but I'm not mad at you because it's not about how you feel. It's about who he is. And sometimes you get a feeling. Sometimes it feels warm. Sometimes it's amazing. And sometimes... It's dry, like a desert. Sometimes you don't know where he is. And it's in those moments that work is not going well, where things are not going well, where your marriage is on the rocks and you don't feel like talking to them, and they got that all-the-time halitosis, if you know what I'm talking about, bad breath thing. Even if they don't have bad breath, you're like, get your tail on away from me in Jesus' name. I don't want to talk to you. And your work is rough, and everything else is rough, and you don't feel like messing with it. Has anybody experienced that in this place? And so why? Like, what, what, what's the deal? And today, I just want to ask this question, why does prayer matter? Pastor, you just described all of that with your phone, plugging it in and unplugging it, and, and the connection's not good. And But I pray. I, I grew up in the 90s, and I remember MC Hammer. You got to pray just to make it today. That's why we pray. Like three of y'all, thank you. Pray. That's what y'all were supposed to do. So I know that. I know that I've got to pray just to make it today. And I'm with you, Pastor. But, but, but things don't change when I pray. Here's why. It's because you wait too long to pray. Have y'all ever, how many of y'all were athletes growing up? Don't feel bad if you weren't. But how many of y'all were athletes growing up? Y'all remember when we were growing up? Some of y'all that are younger, you can appreciate your generation for growing up. But do you remember when we were growing up, it was weak to drink water? Y'all remember, don't you? 
boy, you don't need water. Get your tail back out there and run. And then we'd turn white, and our lips would start turning pasty, and we'd fall out, right? And it's because at the point that I'm thirsty, I'm already dehydrated. And at the point that you're thirsty for the Lord, and you're parched, and you can't, and, and you're like, I, I, I need, you're already dehydrated, and you're too far gone. And you may get a little charge, and you may get up to 15%, and you may feel good about it, but it'll be back down to five, and then eventually it'll cut off. And you'll say, what happened? And the thing that happened is you're talking to somebody. It's just the wrong somebody that you're talking to. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to teach you in the next few weeks through the Lord's Prayer. And if you grew up like I did, you know the Lord's Prayer. It doesn't matter if you grew up in church, in sports, in something. They quoted the Lord's Prayer. They used to have it up in buildings. People know the Lord's Prayer. But I want to start in Luke chapter 11 because I think it's fascinating something they said. Look at this. It said, now when Jesus was praying in a certain place, and this is, this is the model prayer of the Lord's Prayer as well, but I'm going to come out of Matthew 6. But I want you all to see this. He says, now that when they were praying in a certain place, and he got done praying. One of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, let me tell you what's fascinating about that. A disciple of a rabbi never had to ask this because everything that he did was a lesson. Everything that Jesus did, according to the people that were most directly following him, would have been him teaching, him teaching, him teaching. If I'm not mistaken, this is the only time that you can find the disciples that's recorded say, teach us in this way. It's fascinating, and I'm going to tell you why I believe that in a second. As John taught his disciples, and he said to them, when you pray, do this. Now, here's why I believe that he, he said, one of the disciples said, will you teach us to pray? They were able to watch Jesus do everything that they were able to do. And the goal of a disciple, of a rabbi, of any teacher, this is not just Jesus, was to be so close to him that they would say, the dust of my rabbi would kick up on me, and I would literally start becoming like him. And so I didn't have to ask him because I lived and watched. I knew the man behind the man, if you know what I'm talking about. Like I, I know him so well that I begin to pick up and become like him. But they said, listen, listen, I don't know how to pray. So if you feel bad and you don't know how to pray, just know the people that were closest to Jesus didn't know how to pray either. And this is what Jesus said in that manner. By the way, the reason that they said this is because they watched Jesus pray. And go by himself. And when he would leave, when he was praying, he would go out and take authority over things and lay hands and, and heal people and lay hands and do things that they have never seen and make bread go 5,000 men plus women and children. And like, how is this happening? And yes, we are different than him because we are not God. But the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the spirit inside of you and I if we know Jesus. And so, and so, why does prayer matter? Because it doesn't have to be like it is today, everybody. Does that mean that you're going to go out and make your bread from Outback feed the entire place? Nope, I would not necessarily try that today. Although, if you do, please video it and send it to me. But like, th this is the point is we don't know how to pray because we think it's this. Now I lay me down to sleep. And yes, I prayed. Or, 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 it's this. God, I did my job today, so I prayed. That's not the point. If you pray at the beginning of the day so that you have a good day, or you pray at the beginning of the day so God's not mad at you, stop. It's not going to help. It's not the point. That's not why you pray. The reason that you pray is, listen, this is crazy. You get to talk to that good, good father any time you want. That freaks me out. Maybe I'm the only one. Right? You get to talk to God. 
So this is what Jesus said, and if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 6 because I want to blow through these. And I, Will y'all say these out loud same time? Y'all don't repeat after me, just same time. And like I said, if we used to pray this before, before every game. This is in the New King James. It says, in this manner, therefore pray. Y'all ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen that's good stuff and it's a good prayer but here's the problem I do not think that Jesus meant for you to pray this I think he meant for you to pray like this or model this and if all you ever do is pray that specific thing I don't think there's any intimacy if all I ever did was talk to Leah and I just said like the same exact words back and forth and I I was trying to show her honor or I was trying to be a good husband but I just repeated the same words over and over eventually I think she would look at me and go you, are you still talking to me right was that for me because it's weird because you keep saying the same thing over and over but I can model the right thing to say and then begin to show her honor and show her love and have intimacy. And listen, that's the point of prayer. So in order to grow in prayer, what I want to do is just break this down. One line at a time, break this down. For some of y'all that's like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. I promise you, this is going to shift something if y'all will lean in. So the, today, we're going to talk about the person of prayer. The person of prayer. And here's the thing. I bet to some of y'all, the person of prayer might be a little bit different than you think. Because a lot of times, we think we're praying to the Holy Spirit. Or we think we're praying to Jesus. And those are not bad. And there are times to speak, Holy Spirit, move in this place. Jesus, thank you for what you've done. But the person of prayer is not either one of those two. And they're all God. And they're all the same. But, but listen, there's a specific thing that's a little bit different. And the specific person of prayer is a little different. And so today's verse specifically that we're doing is Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. It says, in this manner, therefore, pray. Everybody say it. One more time. One, two, three. Our Father. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Our Father. Isn't it fascinating that Jesus didn't say Father? He did not say pray in this manner. Father in heaven. He said pray our Father. And in the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer, there's eight personal pronouns. Us. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us. Eight personal pronouns. And here's why I think. Number one. And this is the, le the least important. I believe that he made it that way for us. So that we understood that this is an us thing, not a me thing. And it's better to do life together than do life apart. And I've never been intended to do this apart. And Bible studies where you do it in circles are better because iron does sharpen iron. And I believe he wanted to show us that, but this is the bigger thing. Jesus wanted you to see that his father is your father. And when you speak to him in Jesus' name, this is what you're declaring. And I'm telling you right now, if I just stop right here and drop the mic, this is enough. God, Father, Abba, Daddy is what that word means in Aramaic. You are my Father and you are Jesus' Father. And we have the same Daddy. And I am the brother of Jesus. And I am a joint heir with him. And I'm coming to you in boldness, not telling you what to do. But as a son would go to his daddy 
because I have the right because he's clothed me with his glory and honor because I've become his son. And I get to talk to my heavenly father every single day. Now that matters and that's thinking awesome. Does anybody else think that's awesome? Woo! And then he said, listen, pray like that. And then this funny word, is it hallowed or hallowed? I say hallowed because I've never said a weird in my life for, for a word like that. So, but all that word means, by the way, it's found twice. And it's the two times, Luke chapter 11 and then Matthew 6 here, it's found twice in that way. But it's found 26 other times to be the word sanctified. Same word in the Greek. I don't know why they didn't say sanctified. I guess that didn't sound as good in a prayer as hallowed. But, but it, it, the point is it's the same word and here's what that word means. Completely and totally set apart or different. Completely without sin, holy, righteous, blameless. And so when you pray to God and you sing, you're a good, good father, it's who you are. There's no one like you, Lord. There's no one like you. I put things above you all the time, Lord, but no one is, no one is like you. He says, tell him who you are. Because he knows, but it's, it's just a way of, of declaring against all that stuff that's coming against you and reminding yourself that your sin and your hurt does not define you and that you're a son or daughter of the Most High. And then you're reminding yourself that you're not him, that you're the Lord, that I'm not the Lord because I in my own flesh will only ever be flesh. I will always be an enemy of God if I work out of my own flesh, but because you've made me your son, you call me son. And when you remember my sins, you choose not to. And you see a righteous son. <laughs> he's worth telling he's righteous. But here's what I want y'all to ask yourselves today. And this is the question. Who's your daddy? Everybody look at your neighbor and say, who's your daddy? One more time because some of y'all didn't participate. Say, who's your daddy? Some of y'all are offended by that because you've had daddy problems in the past. I'm not talking about that one, so don't be offended, okay? Who's your daddy? Now, let me tell you why this matters and what, why this is the title of my message. Everybody's got a father. I want y'all to lean in and listen to this part. Everybody's got a father. If you came in here today and you're like, I'm not listening to this crazy pastor standing up there doing his thing, trying to think that he's cute, whatever, doing his jokes and junk. He's not funny. It ain't cute. I'm not listening. That's cool, but you got a father. And Jesus talked about it. And here's where I think the tension comes in, guys. The reason that I think that buzz buzz takes place and then bing, and we stay on empty is because we're listening to the wrong daddy far too long and far too much. And this is for Christians too, by the way. This is for people that claim that they're Christ followers. We listen to the wrong voice all the stinking time. And here's why I think that is. All of us have a dad, even if you do not have a relationship with him, Sometimes, by the way, that's what makes it worse. Even if he was abusive growing up, that makes it worse. And the thief who came to steal, kill, and destroy will use everything he can to remind you of how bad your daddy was. And by the way, the best dad in the whole world is still a man, which means he's fallen, he's flawed, and he will mess up. For example, this week... Um, Thursday night, I was same day as my buzz buzz, by the way, so praise the Lord. Thursday was a good day to God be the glory. I give you all credit for how awesome I am. Not, but I still give you glory. Praise the Lord. But listen, Thursday, I got home from work, man. I had, I had, I had worked and studied 
and I was ready, but I was tired. You know, I was drained out. My battery <laughs> was empty. And I just wanted to go home and chill. Y'all ever get that way? Shoo. Sat down on my chair, and Haston was just Haston, y'all. And some of y'all don't know him, but you just look at Facebook and you see the picture I posted yesterday. He did that for like six straight hours, and I was finally like, okay, I'm going to take a picture because you're nuts, right? And he's just going, going, going. That cat sleeps, eats, or crazy, okay? That's his three, that's his three modes. And this, I just wasn't in the mood. And he was bugging Haston, or but he, he was bugging Haston. He was bugging Laney, Leah, and I just, I was frustrated. And then he wanted to play with his food. Ooh! And he didn't want to eat it. And I just, some, I'm normally pretty patient with him. And I'm, I love him so much. And I want to show him tenderness. And this time I didn't want to. So I didn't. <laughs> he was messing. I said, boy, if you don't eat that food, don't come over and And y'all have never done that, but that's what I do sometimes. Because it's a good, good father, right? And so he didn't eat it. And he said, I don't want to eat it. And listen, I promise y'all, this is too much information. But I'm just going to tell you. I don't remember what we were eating. It doesn't matter. I do remember, I just remembered it. <laughs> Spring rolls. And they were good. And there was one left, and I wanted it. <laughs> and Hayson said, I eat it, Daddy. I said, you better eat that thing if you're going to take it from me. He picked it up, put it in his mouth, and then he started doing that. Ooh. And I, I, I swear to you, if you, I, I will come across this table and do a cartwheel <laughs> on your head with a ninja chop. Ha you better swallow that thing. And he's he is crying, and, and Leah being nice, Mark, for real. I, he hadn't eaten one, for the record, and I'm just mean. And she said, I don't think he likes it. You're going to swallow that thing, boy. I'll tell you right now, you're going to swallow that thing in Jesus' name. Get out, Satan, right? And, and, he, and he just keeps fighting it, fighting it, and he fight. I said, spit it out. And then I, and I was, at that moment, there was not one bit of compassion or mercy or tenderness in me. I was not loving on my boy. I punished him. Now, let me just tell you something. You, you should, fathers, punish your children so that you can pull them back in line. But you should not do what I did. Ever. I didn't beat him. I wanted to, but I didn't beat him. Right? <laughs> but I punished him out of anger. And when... And I often, by the way, this is completely a side note, but I often say, buddy, tell me about your daddy. Is he angry? Because I want to know. And in that moment, if I would have asked him, I would not have liked what I heard because I was not nice at all. I let him have some time. I was not sorry, listen to me, at all, okay? But then I just sat there in the chair, and I was steaming, and I had other things that I was frustrated with, other sin that I had committed in that day that I had not asked the Lord to help me through. And I was just sitting there in my sin. And the Holy Spirit convicted me, sitting right at my table, and I wanted to tell him, hey, man, can I have about 10 more minutes and let me just feel sorry for myself? And I walked over to him, and I picked him up, and he's just... Tears rolling down his face. And y'all, I'm telling you, my heart just sank. Because he put his arms around me and said, I love you so much, Daddy. And I was like, you're not supposed to right now. You're supposed to be mad at me because I provoked you to anger. And I didn't help you through. And you really didn't like it. And I should have been cool with it. And I was mean. And then I let anger turn to hate. And I acted out of my flesh. And let me tell you why the difficulty with that is. Dads, we point our sons and our daughters 
and men when sons and daughters don't have a daddy and you fill in that role. We point toward one of the fathers, the good or the bad father. And in that moment, what I realized is, and in many moments, y'all, I never go a week without apologizing to my kids. And I'm not embarrassed to tell you that. I don't like doing it. But here's why I apologize to them. Not because I'm awesome, but because I want them to know how good their heavenly father is. And they look to me. Do y'all know that when you get old, you never stop wanting your father to affirm you and, and tell you that you did a good job? And it doesn't matter what your boss says or what someone that's important says. It's your dad that you're looking for. Ladies, isn't it your dad that you're looking for to affirm you and to love you? And the reason that so many girls gone wild happens, I'm not being funny, is because of a lack and a void of love from a father. And the enemy uses that every day to whisper in your ear, he's just like him. God's going to punish you. He's just like your father. And I feel that tension every day. Can I tell y'all, I feel a tension as a pastor for y'all. But I feel a much greater tension as a father at my home. Because the first father is a bad father. And here's what Jesus said. I'm not going to take long for this, but I want y'all to see this. This is what Jesus said about the bad father. John chapter 8, verse 38 says, I speak of what I have seen with my father. Listen. And you do what you have heard from... Say it one more time. From your father. Hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who, who, who is your father? Who's their father? This is what he said in John 8, verse 44. You are of your father the devil and your will is to do what your father's desires are. You will do what, listen, if you walk away with nothing else, walk away with this. You will do the desires of your father. Many of you are operating out of the desires of your own father. And you're like, there's no way this is my father. There's no way that this awful devil is my father. Just, just ask yourself, what did your week look like? When you operate out of selfishness and hate, when you operate out of revenge, that is the opposite of the love of God. When you operate out of gossip, when you operate with your eyes disgusting and having sex outside of the way God intended it in marriage, when you do any of those things, and all of us do it, listen, we're all sinners, but when I'm operating and listening to the wrong voice in my ear, this is what I become. He was a murderer. You're like, I've never murdered anybody. Praise God, I'm not him. Jesus said, if you have hate in your heart, you've committed murder with your heart. From the beginning, he was a murderer, and he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character because he's a liar. And what does it say? He's the father of all lies. So some of us operate in this. All of us, the Bible says, are like sheep and have gone astray. But some of us as sheep are listening to the wrong shepherd. We're, le we're listening to the shepherd. And we're saying, you know what? I came in on empty, but this, this, this will fill me up. And you know what stinks? The Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season, and it does fill you up. Y'all ever gotten a virus on your computer? Anybody? That's what he is. He's a virus and he attaches and it clings and it's nasty and all those demons and all that stuff. You're, like, you're talking crazy stuff. Demons and this battle's not flesh and blood that you're fighting today, guys. This is principalities and darkness. 
And the devil shoots arrows at you all the time with his demons. And prayer is our defense mechanism and how we go to war and to battle. It's not your fight to fight. Stop trying to fight it and listen to the other daddy. That's the whole problem is we constantly try to fight the one that we're listening to. We constantly try to fight the one that we're listening to. We need to listen to the other one and stop fighting him. He's already put the keys of death and hell and given them to me and taken up and pulled the captives free. Listen, he's already won the victory. We don't have to fight. We just have to play the victory march in Jesus' name to the Father. But we don't know him because we listen to the wrong voices because here's the good father. Here's the good father. I love this, y'all. Matthew 7 just... It's good. Y'all listen to this. Matthew chapter 7. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Let me stop right here and tell y'all something. This word seek means to persistently, continuously going after something. I wonder who in this room this week continuously went after the Lord. Because here's the thing. He went after you first. You don't find him. He finds you. But when it comes to seek and then knock, he says, it's funny because this is how God does it. And I love it because he loves you so much. And he's a gentleman and he waits for you with his arms open wide. And this is what he does. All right, I found you. Now come find me. Come find me. Tag, you're it. Hide and seek. Bet for some of us the Lord's been counting for years, somebody. Because he's waiting on you to seek what's good and not what's evil. He's waiting on you to seek a good father and not a bad father. He says, seek and you'll find knock and the door will open for you. And some of y'all have been beating your head against the door that he's just waiting on you to talk to him and not talk to the wrong father. And then maybe God will do a magic trick. Pastor, I do talk to him when things are bad. Yeah, but if he doesn't know your voice and you don't know his, it doesn't matter. Stop listening to the wrong daddy. Seek and you'll find knock and it will be open to you. Ask and he'll give it to you in Jesus' name. For everyone who asks receives. And everyone who seeks, find. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. And then I love this part. Listen to this. Which one of y'all who has sons or daughters, when they ask you for bread, would give them a stone? Or when they ask for a fish, would give them a serpent? None of us would do that. We love our kids. Well, if that's the case, how much more that when your heavenly Father loves you, will He not do those things? The next verse. How much more if we're evil? The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 17, that my flesh is the enemy of God. And so when I'm operating, by the way, when I'm listening to the other father and I say, God, how did I end up here? Pastor Mark, please help me. How did I end up in the situation that I'm in? I don't want to hate those people anymore. I want to love those people. I want to operate out of good and not evil. You never will if you're listening to the wrong daddy. You're like, but I don't pray to him. Prayer is not bow your head and close your eyes, y'all. Prayer is just talking. Prayer is just listening. Prayer is just actively doing it. And amen never meant you're done. How, if we're evil and we give good gifts to our children, how much more will that good, good father who loves you so much, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? James chapter 1, look at this, says every good gift, listen to what every means. This is a crazy Hebrew and Greek word. It means everything, right? It means all of it. There's nothing that's good in my life that doesn't come from God. Nothing ever, ever, ever. Listen, everything that you see in here, and we're so blessed and I'm so thankful, but everything good is from God. We have accomplished nothing without God. 
Because every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of life, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never change. He loves you. He calls you by name. But he is not a jerk. And he is not a bully. Like I acted on Thursday to try to kick his kids in line. He waits with arms open wide. And he pulls back with conviction. That's what that was when God spoke to me sitting at my table. It wasn't guilty with an anvil and I'm done. It was conviction to pull me into being right. And many of y'all feel like God hates you because you've had such a bad daddy relationship that he wants to hit you with an anvil. And that's not God. Everything bad that's ever happened in your life is not God. And, you, and so I know what many of y'all are thinking right here. Yeah, but why do bad things happen to good people then, Pastor? Because I'm a Christian and this bad has happened. And back when Adam came into the world with Eve, they chose out of their free will to take the fruit from the serpent and sin, the one thing God told them not to do. And when that happened, a curse came on the ground and on me and you. And cancer is not necessarily like some people say, that person has sin in their life. Guess what? They're right. But that doesn't mean they got cancer because of their sin. It means that they got cancer because of our sin. Just like we have a father all of them who don't know God have a father. And he wants to kill, to steal, and destroy you. And he is not the author of anything because God created everything that is good. But everything that we deal with that is hard and bad is not the things from above coming down from the father of lights. And God has allowed them because he gives you free choice and he gives me free choice. And we can change if we listen to the Father, but we don't have power in us to just go, zap, cancer's gone. We have power in us because of the one that lives in us that we never talk to unless something bad happens. Josh, can you skip to the last slide? This is what I want y'all to know. And this is where I think the tension rests. My sheep hear my voice. Can y'all say that line out loud on the count of three? One, two, three. My kids are crazy and awesome and I love them. But sometimes I do this to show off, y'all. But when we're in a crowded room, if y'all were all talking and hanging out and Laney and Haston were over there and I was right here, no matter how much is going on and no matter if every one of y'all whistle. If I do my whistle, which I will not do because it's quite loud, they sprint and they say one word. Yes, sir, daddy. And they come running. And it's crazy. And I've had people come up. How, how does that happen? Crowded gym. Referees can be blowing the whistle. All kinds of things can be happening. Coaches can be yelling. People can be going nuts. And I whistle. That was not it. And I whistle. And they, they hear it because my sheep hear their daddy's voice and they come running every time daddy calls now I might say what did hey y'all come here they don't mm -mm, nope they ain't coming but as soon as I call them and they know the difference daddy wants me I'll be upstairs you can't hear anything upstairs and downstairs at our house if I whistle sprinting I praise the Lord hey get your tails up here but you have a God that loves you so much and I just wonder this when he calls do you answer 
Or have you listened to the wrong father for so long that you can't even hear his voice? Some of you are in a dry place in a desert and you're like, I don't know how to find my way out. He's how. He's the answer. Your good father. But today, I want you to have an opportunity to move. I want you to have an opportunity to change. I want you to have an opportunity to respond because here's what I promise you. You can come have counseling with me if your marriage is struggling and I will love you and I will help you as much as I can. We can get you to a professional counselor and they can help you as much as I can. But listen to me, if you're listening to the wrong daddy, no man or woman can help you. I offer nothing. I offer nothing except the truth. But I cannot do it for you. You have to want to listen to him. And it is so frustrating as a pastor not to just say, bam, and it's fixed. But all of us are sheep and all of us are listening to a shepherd. Is it the good shepherd or the bad shepherd? Is it the good daddy or the bad daddy? Because his sheep hear his voice and when he calls, they answer. And I just wonder this, is prayer to you what you do when you need something? What you do in the morning, before a meal, or at night? Or is pray without ceasing, like Philippians says, how you live your life? Because, y'all, my prayer does not look like most people's prayers. I'm driving down the road, I'm just talking to them, and then I'm listening. Talking to them, and I'm listening. Talking to them, and I'm listening. I walk around here, I, I don't have like an hour before I get up, and I'm this spiritual person. I got candles going, sitting crisscross applesauce in my office, like, om, sa-da-da-da-da-da-mushi, right? I don't do all that. But I'm, listen, amen never was hang up the phone. Amen was so be it. You've already done it. Now I'm going to keep walking and listening to you. And, and most of us use prayer as a Hail Mary and a hope. And prayer is intended to be a constant communion and fellowship where two have become one flesh. Like me and Leah when we became married. So that in sickness and in health, till death do us part. But in that case with the Lord, death brings us together. Come on somebody, in Jesus' name. That is the difference as most of us think of prayer and talking to the good father is what happens when I'm in church. We just get to celebrate together what we've done all week when we're in tune with God. I never have to be on empty. No matter what hell I've been through all week, that's the closest thing Mark Pangle will ever experience to hell because I have a father who knows me, who wrote my name in his book, and he calls me his child, his son, and I'm the righteousness of God. And all the crud that I did all week, it's not what defines me. This is what defines me, and I'm going to try not to cry, y'all. This is what it looks like. The reason I got... Stinking emotional while we were, I can't stand crying, y'all. The reason I got emotional when we were singing is I just, in my mind, I just picture our father standing on the porch, not sitting, but standing anxiously waiting, crowned king of kings and lord of lords. Why in the world would a king who's above all kings stand and pace waiting on his son to come home? He should send a search and rescue team and capture and punish because I rebelled against him and he waits patiently, pacing on the front porch, looking out down that dirt road, waiting on his son to come home. And the second that I turn the corner, y'all, this is salvation. 
Some of y'all have missed it your whole life because you've tried to be good enough. It's never been that. The reason I'm overwhelmed is because I don't deserve God's love this week. I struggled in my mind. I wasn't nice to Leah every single day, and she is the best wife in the whole world, and I, I get selfish because I listen to the wrong father sometimes, and the thing I'm overwhelmed with is God looks at my sin and says, the only thing I see in your file is righteous. What? I don't know, but I can't do it for you. So this is the, this is the response time. If you want your marriage healed, if you want hope where it's hopeless, if you want your life to change, we're going to sing one of my favorite songs in the whole world called Place of Freedom right now. And I want to tell you about the Place of Freedom. It's not Four Points Church, and I love this place, and I love y'all. But the feet of Jesus speaking to the Father is my place of freedom because he who knew no sin became sin so that I could be his righteousness. And in your struggles and in your mind and in the craziness that's happening, it's the Father who's speaking to you that you become. And you can lay all that at his feet because he did not make you to carry your burdens. He made you to lay down your burdens and talk to him. And today, that's your opportunity. If you don't know Jesus, here's your opportunity. When they get up and come, and I believe many are going to come, I want you to get up and go to the back. I see Allison at the back. She will greet you. And we will walk with you of what it means to follow Christ for the very first time. Listen to this. If you don't know his voice and you've never known his voice, you don't know him. And he's a good, good father. And he's waiting for you with his arms open wide. But he's going to let you come. Will you come? Will you let this be your day of freedom? Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. If you sit in your seat or you stand where you stand, it doesn't mean anything. And God is not amazed by what you do. But I'm telling you, if you stay put... You don't want it very bad. So just come. I'm not going to tell you to close your eyes and bow your head, but if God wants you to move, you come now. I'm going to pray, God. You're so good. I don't even know what to say, Lord. I just am thankful. I'm thankful that a jacked up 35-year-old man that constantly struggles with my mind and constantly battles, what did he say about me? What did she say about me? Why don't they love this? that you just are so good that you, you just wait on me with arms open wide and when I come you embrace me like a father does to his son. You love each one of us so deeply and God, the burdens that we've been carried around were never intended for us to carry and so today we just lay them at your feet because you're good and because Jesus' blood bought all of our hurt and all of our shame and all of our guilt and can set the captives free. And today we let you set us free because we've tried so hard and we've tried to fill up our phones and our lives with so many different things and the cord is bent and there's no communication. And today we choose to have intimacy and communication with you. We love you, Jesus. You're a good, good father. If you haven't come, you can come now. In Jesus' name, amen.